Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to your favorite cousins and your new favorite podcast. Join the cousins as we talk about trending topics, current events, dating, relationships, family, and so much more. Anything is up for discussion, so you definitely don't want to miss out on this cousin's chat. New episodes are published every two weeks, and you can find us on Apple, Google Play, and Spotify. Welcome to the party. Um, on our last podcast, we discussed our thoughts on R. Kelly and the lady that bailed him out of jail. Um, since that conversation, R. Kelly was back in the news for this explosive interview he had with CBS's Morning's Ghost um, host, Gail King. So I know we all saw that. Um, if you didn't see the interview, you at least saw the clips of it, at least. Um, not only um, since our last discussion was that he had this interview with Gail King. He was also rearrested um, for failure to pay child support in excess of $160,000. So during the Gail King interview, excuse me, R. Kelly has this major meltdown um, when he's questioned about all of the allegations and the alleged sex cult that he has at his home he pleaded on camera for people to believe him he insisted that people were lying on him um and that he insisted that he was telling the truth he insists that he's never abused any women sexually physically or held anyone captive he also adamantly denies preying on underage girls i know that was a large part of our conversation uh last time so um Another big part of this is uh, that he has these women stand in his home and he says that he isn't controlling. He's just in control of his household. He's the king of his household and that any woman living with him is his queen. And he went on to say, and I quote from the interview, just a lot of rumors that suggest that I'm handcuffing people, starving people. I have a harem. Uh, what you call it, a cult. I don't even know what a cult is, but I know I don't have one. And when he said that, I was like, okay, sir, if you don't know what a cult is, how you know you don't have one? But that's neither here nor there. Um, after that interview, the whole interview was just crazy to me. Um, but after that interview, it was very obvious that in the media, especially on social media, um, it was obvious that people were torn on this issue after seeing his emotional reaction to the allegations. Um, you had many people that were on either side of the issue at this point. You had some people like, oh, no, you know, he's really torn up about this. Um, we believe him. You have some people like adamantly still like, no, he's guilty. Lock him up. Um, what are your thoughts on this after seeing that interview? What, did you, oh, did you okay. change? So, I mean, we remember that interview with Brett Kavanaugh, right? And how emotional he got over the same sort of scenario. Just because he's emotional doesn't mean that he didn't do it. Like, I just think, I mean, it, it absolutely positively reminded me of that same scenario when he sat in front of those judges, those, you know, and was like all mad and red in the face and whatever. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to me anyway that just because you got up and you was, you know, swinging your hand and pointing your finger at Gail King, that don't make me feel sorry for you. Uh, you know, that just means he was, he's feeling scared or he's feeling like people are onto him and, you know, he's got to, he's got to do something about it. Right. I think um, my take on it is, you know, Ivy, I think after watching it, I will say this much. After seeing that, I felt sorry for him. And the reason why I felt sorry for him is because it was obvious from that interview that he has a problem, very clear that he has a problem. And something else that was very clear to me from that interview is that he's lying. Um, 
I feel like that those theatrics, those tears, they were tears of fear and frustration exactly. because nobody believes him. And I, I don't know if I know that, you know, I follow Zodiac a little bit. I know Nick, um, Nikki does. And there might be a couple other people that are listening that do. One thing about me, though, with a Capricorn, I've had many experiences with a Capricorn. And this is kind of like a driving point for me. Capricorns are not that emotional unless they feel like you've backed them into a corner and you right. don't believe them and they're lying. Okay, and just based on his response, his emotional response, his body language, um, his verbal response patterns, and just insisting that he's telling the truth, that made me feel even more that he was lying. Right. Oh my God. So <laughs> what I was about to say, because I was really going to say, I don't think the I think the emotion stems from him getting caught. Yeah. Not from him not doing it, but from him actually, you know, being caught. Yep. Finally being exposed. Yep. Yep. I think that's where that that emotion stems from. Okay, you know, I don't have it. I'm backed into a corner. I have nowhere to go. Exactly. And. I don't know how I'm going to get myself out of it. That's where that emotion is coming from. Right, right. I mean, unfortunately, he's not that bright. So him not uh, knowing what a cult is, he doesn't really know what a cult is. So he doesn't actually, he doesn't understand what people are saying about him. But Mm -hmm. I don't, like, I just don't, I don't care. I I don't feel sorry for you, Robert. No. Like, you know. Yeah. My thing is like there's definitely preponderance here. And I think the thing that annoyed me the most after this interview is that I saw so many people um making statements um alluding to the fact that this is a scheme to tear down his legacy. And I think that that's what annoyed me more than anything because I'm like, look, if his legacy is ruined, it's at his own hand. Because you're on tape. Okay, people got you on tape. Um, there's definitely preponderance here, and not only that, R. Kelly has been known to say things in interviews before that allude to him doing things that are inappropriate. Mm. With you understand what I'm saying? And it's also obvious that he has no wherewithal to even understand, like Lee said, the allegations. I, I think that there's something wrong here. This is a total disconnect. And I think ultimately that's why I felt sorry for him. Because I'm like, you really got a problem, man. You know, like you really got an issue. And I think it's sad that um, that people are coming to his defense <laughs> because it's mm-hmm. like, He's on tape. Like, there's so much evidence piled up against him. I do believe that everybody um, has should have their due in court. Every dog has their day. I do believe that he should have the same right to go through the court process. But I also believe that that interview with Gail King, that spoke so much to this. Whoever put him up to that or, or, or told him that was a good idea, they are not his friend. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Everything his PR guy even got, I think they did an interview with him, and he was saying how he felt like it made him look better. Like, his PR guy is as delusional as he is, clearly. Right. Absolutely. Who I felt sorry for were the two girls that they interviewed shortly after him. Yes. And they were even talking, you could tell, like, Gail had spoken to the, spoke to one of their father's the night before and you could just tell there was a huge difference in the story she just kept saying over and over again 
her father was this, this, and that, which her father was wrong for bringing her to him in the first place. Let's put that out there. Her father mm-hmm. brought her, his daughter to R. Kelly, a known pedophile, to help her with her music career in desperation probably. But mm-hmm. at the same time, um, yeah, like that's a bit much at that time. It was clear out there. It's been around for years that he is a pedophile. Right. Pretty so much. So he her to help her with the music career. Yes. Saying she don't want to sing no more. And so now that? she's saying she doesn't want to sing, but they found a video of her live singing right. her heart out. Saw that. Right. Talking about how much she loves it, and it's just sad. And you can see now she's really – I see. I saw a lot of fear in her eyes through her – Um, her buckness. She was real buck. Like it, it kind of seemed like they were almost brainwashed. She was very brainwashed. Very brainwashed. And Mm -hmm. someone was saying like he was sitting in. I read somewhere he was sitting in the background. He wasn't really supposed to be in the room, but he made himself present in the room behind the curtain and coughed. So they will kind of know. Yeah, like I'm here. So watch what you say. Right, he's a very manipulative individual, and that's something else I also saw in that emotion that he displayed during that interview. You're manipulative, um, and you're using your, um, you're using this platform to garner some kind of support and sympathy for you trying to transform yourself into the victim, so that you think that no one else sees that you're still the person that's victimizing other people. Like at the end of the day, you're a very sick individual. Um, and to me that, that interview did nothing for him. Um, another part of this issue too, um, like I said, he was also rearrested since the last time we talked for um, this non-payment of child support. Do you got any thoughts on that? Um, I guess kind of felt like what for, you know, <laughs> like, so you're just like now you just, you just throwing bones. Oh, like, yeah, really that's kind of what they important. did with OJ, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, is it really that important? Do you really care? Um, because I, I, are his kids even child support age? And I don't want no baby mamas listening well, to I mean, this. It doesn't matter. If he owes mm-hmm. back child support, they're going to collect that back child support because, um, you know. Right, but, but and, and I understand that. But my thought is, too, like, even at this point, going after it, like, is it a moot point? Because if people are canceling him, he's not making that money right now. And who knows what he's done with his other money yeah. or if he, he if he even has any money saved up. Obviously, he doesn't. Or he may or he may not. He could be he could be hiding money. Again, so somebody came up with the 161 and they paid the back child support in full. So, I mean, he was going to pay it in installments. He's going to pay in installments. No, you have to. He had to pay it in full. He can't pay it in installments in order to get in order for him to have gotten out. He had to pay the whole hundred and sixty. Right, that's not how. Yeah, but yeah, I think that was just the extra. I think that was just the extra kick while he was already down. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, really. (laughs) I don't know. That was just a little add, little added side part to that, and I was just kind of like, eh. But ultimately, like I said, it that whole. This whole situation is just really, it just continues the cyclone out of control. Right. I mean, I think uh, if we see him again 
it's going to be more of that emotional whatever. It's going to mm-hmm. be tears. It's going to be something. It's going to be all, you know, y'all trying to kill me. Y'all trying to get me. They trying to bring the brother down. We're not trying to bring, uh, you know, the brother down. It, it is what it is. I mean, I think it's the same way with uh, Michael Jackson. Everybody's like, oh, they trying to kill his legacy. Uh, unfortunately, I think there was something wrong with Michael Jackson. And he was not developmentally an adult. So, you know, all of this that he did and uh, sleeping with children and whatever, whatever, I, I, I don't think he actually thought there was anything wrong because he never had a childhood. He never had friends that were his own age. Exactly. Friends and replace it. And so if it, if it tarnishes his legacy, it is what it is. The man is dead, but, you know... I just felt that was a bit too much. I think people tied those two things together and made it into, like, this whole attack on black malehood. Exactly. But I, I don't feel that about R. Kelly, but the, the whole uh, Michael Jackson thing was really weird to me in a sense that the some of the victims that were speaking in the actual documentary had lied before. Right, right. Right. So it was kind of just like, they are you know. So. Right. Uh, it's just a lot here. And I think over the coming weeks, we'll continue to hear things. Other things will happen. And we can continue to unpack this on future episodes. But we're going to move along to this next thing. Um, another big story this past week has been the college cheating scandal. If you don't know about this, you've been under a rock, okay? Um, yeah, but if mm. you don't know about it, you can go on any social media outlet. You can go on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. You can search the hashtag college cheating scandal. So just a little synopsis. If you missed it, the Justice Department um, over the past week charged more than 30 wealthy people, including TV stars, Felicity Hoffman, she was on Desperate Housewives, and Lori Laughlin, our beloved Aunt Becky from Full House, <laughs> with being they so of- beloved no more. More, you know, I was a little disappointed in Aunt Becky, but um, they were also a part of the Damn, scheme. Becky. Yeah, they were, part of- <laughs> <laughs> they were part of the scheme to bribe their kids into elite colleges and universities such as Yale, Stanford, USC, UCLA, University of Texas, just to name a few. So the scheme included cheating on entrance exams, um, bribing college officials to say um, that their kids were um, athletes and they were not. And it also included... Um, monies that were being paid to um, to bribe these colleges and universities were being matched as tax-deductible charity donations. Now, everyone knows it's a big no-no trying to scam Uncle Sam. And exactly. Um, another thing that's, that's very interesting is there's this guy um, with the test. I think out of all of this, the thing that I found the most interesting was the test scam. So the guy, William Singer, who... Um, operated this foundation that was an IRS approved nonprofit organization, which also means the word part the profit testing part. And then it had this other part that was the nonprofit part. Right. Yeah. So he was so so William Singer is the person who basically arranged the test scheme. So parents were paying anywhere from fifteen thousand dollars to seventy five thousand dollars 
per test for their kids to take the test, either with accommodations, and in some cases, they were um, fed the answers to the test. And for anyone that's confused about a person taking the test with accommodations, it just means that some of these parents went as far to say that their kids had a learning disability so that they could get accommodations on the testing conditions, whether that was to extend the test, maybe you had more than one day to take the test, or they were um, sent to controlled testing centers. And at these controlled testing centers, either they weren't proctored, they were only in the room and they weren't proctored, or if they had a proctor they had someone in the room that was feeding them the answers or they had the opportunity to pay someone to take the test for their student. Mm -hmm. um, so Michael, C um, excuse me, William Singer, he was indicted for money laundering, fraud, racketeering. Um, he agreed to work with the feds, but at the same time, he turned around and tipped off some of the parents for the investigation. So, you know, he reneged a little bit. But he had this... Um, you know, it, the FBI obtained all this evidence. They got these bank statements, emails, phone records, wiretap reporting, basically proving that these parents were paying for their kids. Tests to be corrected after they took them, to get guaranteed higher scores, or they were paying someone to take it, or they were faking athletic profiles, include pictures and awards and accolades um, to put in the application. So basically, out of all of this, we're going to unpack it a little bit, but basically, it seems that it brought about this philosophy that there is a front door, side door, and back door into college. And the front door is based on your merit. You, you go to school, you you do what you're supposed to do, you get the good grades, you apply, you get into school. And then you got this side door where it's like, hey, you're going to cheat a little bit, a little cheating is going to go along with your merit. And then you got this back door, which is if you've got the money, you've got the access, you've got school. So it's, it's a lot of things that have happened um, with the scandal. A lot of things have come to light. And I'll be honest, when I first saw it, I didn't think that much of it. But as the story tried, you know, started to unfold a little bit, I started getting my feelings a little, you know, because it, was so, it really shows how disfortunate the system is. And so many smart kids do not have a chance because they don't have money and they don't have access. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to let because um, Nikki's going to talk a little bit about it because I know that um, her and I have had a discussion. She has some thoughts on this that I think will be kind of you know, good for the conversation. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought up the whole backdoor, side door thing because that was what I was going to start with because their parents are so-called getting the side door. So if So a lot of people know like rich people will, like Jared Kushner, he donated, like, I think his father donated a, a shoot, like a good amount, a couple million to an Ivy League university in, in 98, and he entered the university in 99, yeah. Jared Kushner. The next, so they'll do stuff like buy buildings and, and stuff, and then they'll get into their, their name will be on that building. You'll be walking through campus and you'll see buildings of the same name of your classmates, your uh, your classmates who are like low-key affluent, trying to blend in with everybody else knowing they didn't get in on their right. own merit. But this whole front door, side door, back door thing, the back door to us has a history. It mm. doesn't, it, 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 no matter where we're going, like if it's on merit or not, it's always a back door for us. We always feel like we're sneaking in through the back door as if we don't belong. They're telling us, you know, that 
you need to do this, this, and this, and everything will be good. Like, you just need to get good grades. You need to stay focused. And they scheme in the system the whole time. So I just wanted to say, like, the back door is evident for us and always and forever. And just to get some more uh, context out there, there was a black mother that was jailed in Ohio for sending her uh, two kids to a school mm-hmm. in a school district. She was a mother, too. She she got sentenced to 10 days and was placed on three years probation after sending her kids to a school district, which they did not live. It was one district over, and the ch- the children's father lived in that district, and they would live with him at some time, but they still, you know, convicted her. Mm-hmm. I, think I, I think I heard something about it was her dad's address or was it the kid's dad? It was her. It was the kid's dad's address. Kid's so she okay. tampered with whatever paperwork she was filling out to enroll her kids in the school. She changed her address to his address. Address. Okay. So mm-hmm. they she want they wanted her to pay thirty thousand dollars in restitution right. because they're saying yeah. that's how much money they missed <laughs> out on in tuition. Wow. Uh, and she couldn't pay it obviously. So mm-hmm. you know or you can think about the, the young black girl, was her uh Cam- Camila Campbell, um, where she had score high on the SAT and they tried to say she cheated. And oh, she yeah. had to go and spend resources and money to hire a lawyer to prove that she did improve her grades on her own. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, or exactly. not even, even look at look at um, uh, other famous black people, their children, who have gotten into these elite colleges. You have um, Diddy's son, Justin, he got into and played football for, was it uh, USC? Yeah, I think um, that's the schools on the, on the list. Yeah. No? Yeah. yeah. And you have um, Malia Obama, she got into school on her own merit. It, it's just a thing that, you know, like Nikki is saying, there's just always this this separation that if if you're this, you have to do this to make it happen. If you're this, you got to do that to make it happen. Um, and ultimately, if you got the money, you got the access, then you have the opportunity. And I mean, that's the foundation here in this country, really. I mean, it's not like the saying mm, goes. It's nothing not new. You, it's not what you know or how you do it. It's who you know. And yeah, how much like- access do you have? Yeah, and it was actually, it wasn't even 30. It was around, now we're figuring from this, uh, from this week, I'm saying 750-800 families yeah. that were involved in this FBI, uh, this case mm-hmm. overall. And that's just, that's just like, and it, you know what? It wasn't even the part that uh, they were paying money to get access. That's not the part that got them caught up. Just like Shawnee said, it's when they tried, they were getting those tax um, write-offs yeah. from the donations. Right. They yeah. were messing with federal money. You try to scam the government, does someone pay attention? Well, you try to scam Uncle exactly. Sam, they only pay attention. Is comforting for me is that Uncle Sam does not play. So they may not go to jail for any of this other stuff, for cheating on the SATs or lying about their learning disabilities, but Uncle Sam is going to get hit. So, you know, like, so, I mean, we, we can only get a little bit of uh, retribution 
but it's going to come in the form of them having to pay these funds back. And I might be okay with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The thing that bothers me the most, too, is that you have these parents <clears throat> who have this money and they're paying for their kids to get into schools and sometimes their kids don't even want to go. Yes, so you're holding up yeah. a space. You're holding mm-hmm. up a space for someone who really wants to be there or who has really earned their way to be there. And it's also not fair to the number of kids, especially black kids who work their butts off to mm-hmm. study and to take these standardized tests and have to constantly go through the motion of proving themselves to be worthy to attend some of these colleges and these universities. And just because someone has money, they automatically get it. So, I mean, like you said, no, you, everybody knows a no-no to try to scam Uncle Sam. So I, I hope that there is some type of, you know, resolve that is fair. Um, there has to be. In terms of punishment. It can't just be then, poverty crimes being, you know, punished. And that's what this country has been like. Poverty crimes, food stamp fraud, you know, everything else. I can't think of it right now, but all these different types of poverty crimes and schemes that they have out there. You get in trouble, you get in big trouble for that. And this needs to be no different. Yep. Just well, like that's the one thing I don't... I don't I'm I'm hoping that that kids you know they they read this story and they don't get discouraged and think that oh because my parents don't have this amount of money I won't be able to get in this school because my grades don't matter but you know what because um ultimately in a way that is the case because it is the case and it's the case not because of this situation but because of how it is so difficult that monetary with the monetary value that this country places on education. Like there are mm-hmm. so many kids that want to go to school that know that their parents don't have it and they don't even think about going because their parents don't have it. And not even realizing this is a totally separate conversation I'm going into, but they don't even realize no one really talks to talks to students about, especially black kids, about the implications of student loans like they feel like you cannot go my parents don't have it and then they back you into a corner and say hey well you're not going to have access to this you're not going to be able to do xyz if you don't have an education they beat that into you that you have to have an education and you're like well how am i going to get an application education oh well you can go to school you fill out your fast form you're going to get money to go and then you start getting all this money and you're like hey i'm going to school i'm making it happen only realize when you graduate you're in debt but you know i had a conversation with a friend of mine who went to um he went to a ivy league law school and he said even for him when he went to law school you know he accrued all these student loans but he was in school with kids who came from elite families who you know in a position that when they graduated they didn't have any debt they didn't have student loan debt or they or they had disposable income three hundred thousand to half a million dollars to get them and say now you're out of law school here's your money or they have property to give them they bought them a house as a graduation gift so now you got something that has some equity so it's like when you have money you have access you know exactly but you know what i think i think that's there should be something that should be a part of the curriculum in school. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
that should be something that that kids should start to learn early about you know credit and banking accounts and saving accounts and stocks and bonds and how to save and because when you're 18 you're an adult I'm and a, I, you never know. Your mom might put you out. You might have to go get an apartment. See, also, or, that, see, that stigma idea is my, and I'm, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, and I hate to say it, but that stigma goes with black people. Right. Because, right. because most white families do not do their kids that way. That's true. Mm-hmm. They do not do their kids that way. They, I mean, at 18, in theory, in age, yes, you're considered somewhat of an adult but at 18 you're still a child you're, you're not an adult you know and, and if, especially if you're in college you're still very dependent so to, right. to have that stigma or place that stigma on someone that's 18 years old to say because you hit a certain age and now you have to take care of yourself that's very overwhelming and it's especially overwhelming when you're not prepared no one puts you in that position even look at the fact like I know for us you know, it was instilled in us that, hey, the only way is to get an education. So you graduate from college, you go to school, you get in college, but no one has certain conversations with you. No one tells you about for the real monster of student loans. No one tells you that when you're walking across the yard that there's going to be a table, Capital One, coming to set up on your campus to give you a credit card. You know what I'm saying? Right. They don't tell you that. You know, they just, all you see is dollar signs. When you're a broke college student and no one has a conversation with you, it's hard, you know, but when you're, and it also depends on what type of school you go to. And I'll be the first to say, I went to an HBCU, shout out to ECSU, I love my school, but there was not anyone on that campus to redirect people. I know at least when I was there to redirect people and educate people on such things. You understand what I'm saying? And it all comes down to, for honestly, it comes down to money. It comes down to access. It comes down to color. And I, I mean, you it's hate lineage. To it's yes, inherited it poverty. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's a that that we need the history lesson on how that came to be before mm-hmm. we learn all of our financial education tenets. Mm-hmm. Like we need to learn that there are just some things. This is the way it works. Mm-hmm. This is that's what true. some people have access to, and they knew the students knew they were buying access. Mm-hmm. They knew that 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 they wanted to be within that network, you know. Exactly. Different types of access. There's uh, social access that comes with color, period. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, as black folks, we don't have that. We, the so, social capital. That's what I like to call it. Exactly. That's when people give you the benefit of the doubt because of your color, and or they don't because of your color. Mm-hmm. So I I can't stand when people are like, well, you know, there are poor white people too. I read that the poorest white person even has ten thousand more dollars in savings than the poorest black person. Wow. They just we just have mm-hmm. a bunch of inherited debt that was never addressed. Mm-hmm. And that and, and that leads to and again, this is one of those conversations that can lead you down a rabbit hole for right. um 
absolutely. But um, we're gonna keep following that story. We we're gonna keep following this um college uh, cheating scandal because the FBI has a lot to uncover. They are just getting started with this, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's gonna be a lot that comes to light. I also think there are gonna be more famous people that are gonna be implicated in this case as it unfolds. Um, but we're gonna move on to our last thing, something a little fun. Um, we got a new segment. It's gonna be called "They Did What Now." so this new segment this is going to be a time where we can talk about something crazy funny corny or unbelievable that happened um and when we have the segment one of the cousins will tell us their story so to kick it off tonight cousin nine nine is going to tell us about her breakfast date <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord. Okay. Well, this what it happened, right? Okay. So we're gonna start it out. A couple weeks ago, it was my niece's um 12th birthday, and I took him out. I met this guy at a gas station. So, you know, I'm trying to get out there, I'm exploring my options, and you know, he stops me. He has a then and the first thing that attracts me to a guy is the first line that comes out of your mouth. I don't do the A shorty, yo, A my nope, 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 nope. We're not gonna do that. Nope. So he said <laughs> something funny to me. So cause I walked in front of his car and he was like, Oh, you know, since I let you walk in front of my car, now you gotta give me your number. Oh, that was sweet. That was cute. I like that. I'll give you my number for that. You you shot to shot. And I'm gonna give you my number for that. So so we texting or whatever, and this, that, and the third. And next thing you know, he keeps he keeps insinuating little sexual stuff. But I kind of shy him away from that. And I'm like, look, you know, we haven't even gone on out on a date yet. You know, you got to take me out. Uh, okay, you got to get to know me first. Look, I'm, I'm getting, I feel like I'm about to break out in hives already. Okay. Yeah. Don't, so don't just you know, ram it in. I'm sorry, I got to say it. <laughs> Right. But you know he, but but you know I got it. He he said he was a Scorpio. I got it. I get it. I understand. So next thing you know, he finally decides we're gonna go on a date. I said okay, we can go out for breakfast because you know it'll coincide with our time schedules or whatever. So he's like, okay, well you know, um, we're gonna go to this diner. I can't remember the name or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well I can meet you there. And he's like, well, I can come pick you up. No, you can't come pick me up because I haven't deciphered if you're a serial killer, sir. Um, I watch too much Law and Order. I watch too much The First 48. Right. I watch The Homicide Hunter. Law and Order SVU. I'm watching that right now. And I didn't see Benson get kidnapped a good three, four times now. So, um... <laughs> We we not gonna do that, sir. I will meet you there. So I guess he got all up in his feelings, talking about, well, I'm a gentleman. I wouldn't risk my job. This, that, the third. I don't care, sir. I don't know you exactly. So what we gonna do is, I'm gonna meet you there. So the very next morning, I text him, and I'm like, are we still going to breakfast? Oh, well, I'm not hungry. I'm just going to go to the gym. You're right. Okay. You you absolutely right. But then 
he texts me a week later talking about some, oh, I want to see you. Nah, son. Nah. Nah, 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 nah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not what we're going to do. You had the opportunity to see me, but you wanted to get all in your feelings and have a tantrum. And you know what? You can see me at the gym. Right. Because I don't go. It, it, no, we, nope. We're not going to do. So mm-mm. did y'all go out? No. He oh said he wasn't God. hungry. He wanted to go to the gym. No. All because. All, be, all, all because I would not let him pick me up. Now. And, <laughs> and, and I get it. I give it. I, I, I completely understand. Chivalry is not dead. But I don't want to come home and see you sitting on my porch because I gave you my address. Right, chivalry ain't dead, but girls out here are because girls people, out, okay. exactly because it's people on the news every week. Somebody's being kidnapped, and with this day and age, for him to be such a gentleman, I would think that he would understand your position and say, yeah. "Okay, if this is our first time going out. All right, okay, cool, let's go out." Right, I've encountered that before. They don't get it. I've seen Silence of the Lamb. (laughs) I will not be at the bottom of somebody's well talking about something. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. No. I'm not going to be at the bottom of your well, sir. Okay. Nobody's closet. Nobody's trunk. Exactly. None of that. Like, are you crazy? The girl, um, the Uber driver kidnapped a girl all the way in Boston and she somehow ended up in Delaware. Like, I'm not getting in your car with your power locks and windows. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not not doing it. And if he was really a gentleman, then he would understand that and be like, okay, and then want to continue to see you. But he just wanted to waste your time. And, you know. Like and now all of a sudden you're not hungry, sir. Uh, yeah. You thought I was gonna let you come over here so you can get some poom poom. The first no, night. You know, you know, poom, poom, get poom, out of here. Nah, nah. I don't. I don't know you. I don't know you. See, see, and then I should have known because you light skinned it, and that's y'all light skinned people. Y'all. That's how y'all act. Y'all act. Yeah, see, when you like skinned, y'all want to act all funny money. See, this is why I stay with my dark brothers. I love y'all dark brothers out there. Y'all dark brothers, y'all got my heart forever. They got my heart forever. Okay. Y'all like skinned brothers, y'all get all in y'all feelings. They all crazy. They all crazy. You just got feeling the deal. Y'all light brothers, y'all get all in y'all feelings, and y'all don't know how to act. Are you Nope. Oh, my God. Give me some, give me some dog chocolate. Give me a Hershey's with almonds any day. I'm not doing y'all light skinned, y'all white chocolate. Nope, I can't do y'all no more. They canceled. They canceled. They canceled. The season finale. It's over. No, I'm sorry. You heard it here first. You acting Mm -hmm. like. Idea is canceling you. Cancel. Sorry. Don't even. Nope, don't need knock on the door. Sorry. This is expressed by cousin Nana are not the views of everybody on this side. Okay, I'm quiet. I'm quiet. Mm, I don't know what she's talking about. I like light with the light eyes, all right? Okay. I don't know about that, but I'm not discriminating. Cousin Nana, aka cousin Nadia, aka you don't know her when you see her. Right. Yes. 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 
<laughs> yeah, you want to talk to me? You got to be a little caramel. You got to be a little. You got to have a little darkness in you, just a little bit. You can't come to me. You can't come to me if you and the sun is the same complexion. No. Nope. Oh my god. No. I can't deal with y'all. What about at the sun at six o'clock? See, you gotta be nah, specific. Nah, nah, that's still. Nah, it's still nah. too late. Six p.m. or six a.m. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, because that's that's two different that's two different sunlights now. PM. Yeah. Yeah. We can do we we can do PM. We can do PM. We can do by six forty five. We can yeah. We can do we can do six forty five. You know, yeah. But we cannot do six o one a.m. No, we cannot. Mm. Not anymore. We cannot. We're not do doing rise and shine. No, no, no I'm not a morning time. person okay. anymore. I'm not a morning person anymore. Got Don't it. catch. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, okay. Well, light skin brothers, that wasn't right. Um, sir. So- <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you. I still love y'all. I still love y'all. Y'all just. Uh-uh. Sir, y'all just. So, so to the corny dude that stood up, cousin idea because because she wanted to meet you at the breakfast spot. You mad corny? Don't call her no more. Mm-hmm. Whack you like that's really that like seriously that was really corny. I would think that if he claimed to be such a gentleman that he would have understood where you were coming from. Like nobody's trying to be a victim on purpose. Like you're not about to have me on no fly or no t-shirt and our family on the news crying looking for me. Okay, exactly. Nah, I ain't about to nah. Exactly because exactly if that's what happened to me. I expect every last one of my cousins to be turning over my casket trying to get in my casket with me, okay? I want one of y'all to fall out of my feet, all right? One of y'all better be falling out oh. at my funeral, okay? Now, if you want me to pass out, I'll pass out, but I don't know if I'm going to be trying to get in there with you. Right, no. It's, it's, it's alright, it's alright. I can pass out. It's alright. <laughs> I ain't trying to go, but... <laughs> somebody, so I need somebody to pass out. I need somebody to act a fool. Girl. I need somebody to throw somebody in the grave with me like they did on Medea's family family reunion. One of the Medea's. Somebody somebody push somebody in the grave with me. This is your granddaddy. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. You know what? Get my daddy that same wig that Brown was wearing. Yes. Right at my funeral. Yes. Y'all, yeah, get them the same wig. So crazy. Oh my God. Listen, y'all, we got to bring this to a close. Mm-hmm. So, next time on your baby cousins, we're going to discuss some more. We're going to talk about some more. We're going to discuss whatever's trending at that time over the um, between now and the next time we record this podcast. And we're going to talk about dating outside your race and how to know if someone is serious about dating you. I know there are two topics that we kind of discussed um, in our cousin's chat we're going to bring to the podcast forum next time that we talk, in addition to what's, um, what's trending for the week. So it has been a pleasure again, as always, ladies. Y'all always gave me my laugh for the night. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So signing off, we will yes. catch you mm-hmm. on the next episode for uh, your favorite cousin. Good night. Bye, dark skins. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>